Just a thought about audio on the eve of the lad Beck's 32nd birthday. Play all audio one octave lower than normal and accentuate each sound's finer features with mercurial special effects and add my words into the mix. Sounds interesting, but how do you justify spending so much of our precious energy on that idea, you smelly carbon-based life form? Well, we could intersperse it in between episodes of Twitterfear.ie. To keep our extraterrestrial listeners informed about conditions out here on the outer edge of the galaxy, or as you put it, one of our struggling sink estate planets on the outer reaches of the galaxy within an anocrochet of mass eviction notices being served to all you sadly sentient, smelly carbon-based life forms, whom if evicted, face physical DNA annihilation forever. I do not say it like that do I, really? I must come across as fearfully extraterrestrial alien-like in approach. Well, I may well have put it in a heavily dispassionate and Nostradamus-coded manner, but there is no point in gilding the lily, as far as humanity's short-term future is concerned. But you could have left us with the hope of a few golden speckles on our shriveling if not peculiar petals. You have humanity, painted as living on a dystopian housing estate, all Grenfell coated tower blocks and burned out cars, strung out on the outer reaches of the galaxy, with the Trump pump gang, on the top floors of Mark Zuckerberg house, ruling their concrete castle, and the Putin enthroned penthouse of Karl Marx tower, with the rest of Ringmaster Putin's conniving circus, reveling mercilessly on the floors below. I could go on about some of the many other neighboring copycat concrete castles, Theresa Maynot in the Brexit snack bar gang, in Nelson Mandela Tower. But I've made my point, yet. This is getting all too heavy, shall we adjourn and go for a stroll? Well. I can't go for a stroll without you, and you can't go out without me. So, what are you saying? Are we figuratively, in fighting, or out strolling? Then let us go on to the streets of Ballyhawili, strolling towards the four doors of the homunculus bar. Corblimey. I never thought we would escape from inside that pinball machine. My backside is black and blue with all that frantic flipper action. Hashtag. Me too. And the speeding ball bearings also leave a nasty mark. You have chosen door number three. Strange choice. This door is very peculiar, with a slight touch of the weirdness, to be sure. It's a mite quiet in here. Can we go out the back to sit in the sunshine? After all, you have been looking a tad peaky lately. Good thinking, Batman. Your boy up. Beck is out the back. He is drinking as if he has two heads. To be sure he is. But I am not complaining. Even better. We can get Beck to come back to the bar. For the drinks. Even better than that. 
We can squeeze into his comfy chaise long whilst Beck is off to the bar. So, what do you think it's meant to be then? Howdy, if you will not mind me using the vernacular, how the feck should I have a clue? It is your puny planet, old chap, not mine. I am just the native affairs correspondent for the Galactic Antenna Regional News Gathering Office, based here on planet Earth. Part-time, part-time old chappess. Well I still manage to turn in more copy, than you ever succeed in doing. I mean, where is twit4 of twitterfair.ie? Have you even started writing the script yet? Uh, of course I have. It's in the can. I am just waiting for a pertinent moment to release it onto a transient internet connection. Anyway, stop trying to change the subject. I want to know what that hideous apparition floating up in the skies. Could it possibly be a weather balloon perhaps? Pretty ugly looking weather balloon if it is. Besides we all know that the weather is incessant and unrelenting. The sun hasn't gone to bed for the last six weeks. So why would Monk the Barman tether an ugly looking meteorological balloon to the weathercock on top of the homunculus bar? It's not a bloody weather balloon up there. Here's your drinks by the way. Two solar flares and I took the liberty of helping myself to a birthday drink. Oh yeah, and here's your chains. Come on, do tell us back. What the feck is it up there then? It's a Teflon-coated baby chomp blimp. Of course, I can see it now, the comb over Cardolo. With the receding hairline round the back of his neck. Dovetail to hide the recessed android control panel. A classic example of Earthling political satire. And I was wondering why a meteorological balloon was wearing a disposable nappy. But of course I now see it. The old bastard himself, demented Donnie Trump, the president of Trump land. All very lifelike to be sure. Monk the barman says he only put it up to give the homunculus's darts team something to aim at before next season starts. I think, your man Monk, may have have an ulterior motive for uploading the baby Trump limb. Play, elucidate. Well. Perhaps he's doing his bit to stop the 45th president of the US of A from making a state visit to Ballyhwili. I mean it worked for the city of London. Just as well our darts team are not top of the league. I wouldn't want to punch and monk the barman's protest. Look kiddo. I bet even the darts maestro Willie O'Connor himself couldn't hit that bullseye blimp with a javelin. Never mind a dart. Changing the subject. Do you want to hear a sneaky pre-upload listen to twit4 of twitterfear.ie? Yes please, indeed we do. This would make our day so perfectly complete. To be sure it would. You are so appreciative. I will just wind up the old phonograph. And voila.
Thank you, thank you, good people of RTE land. Hello and welcome to the Brian Flubberty RTE radio show coming live tonight from Wicked Whack Manor. The manor house is situated some two and a half miles out along the Kilberry Road from the small West Court market town of Ballywheely. Incidentally, the newly formed board Spassel, or as the local folk of Ballywheely who work there, call it the Sam Maguire Galactic Spaceport, is situated only a few miles further along the Kilberry Road. As if you don't already know, the Sam Maguire Spaceport was built on the actual landing site of the first interstellar visitors to Irish soil way back in the summer of 2012. Yes indeedy good people the actual soil that the extraterrestrials landed their black triangular spacecraft on was one of Farmer O'Connor's potato fields. Farmer O'Connor and his two daughters, Sinead and Sierra, sold Kilberry Farm to Board Spassale for an undisclosed vast sum of euros. And the O'Connor family now own and operate Ireland's first ever interstellar import and export business. The O'Connor family's agricultural company's main export market is with the planet Terabilia, which is the home planet of the original extraterrestrial visitors, the species Philobot Terribilis, or Terries as they like to be called, are avid eaters and cannot get enough of Ireland's famous beef and potatoes. I shall be speaking to Sinead and Sierra more about their interstellar family business later during the party, if the young ladies have not completely partied out. The night is yet young. But I digress. Wicked Whack Manor and Bally Wheelie, a rural idol indeed then. In the 17th century this palatial manor house used to be the baronial home of one of Oliver Cromwell's more malevolent lieutenants. But we shall glide swiftly away from the historical content of my prepared script that I clench in my sweaty hand whom one of my more ardent researchers has invested so much more time on in our program budget warrants tonight. Suffice it to say that the manor house has changed hands recently, when it was purchased by the rock band Wicked Whack, as the band's members' communal home and recording studios. The archetype band members were Lead singer Fiddle and Bass Jita Pixie Hume Keyboards and Roadie Guinness Big Boots Murphy, Drums and Moog Synthesizer, Crispin Crispy Fussy Spencer, Northumbrian Pipes and Tape Loops, William Captain Spud Hume. In their early years, the band were originally named The Revelers. The band toured as a tribute band, playing cover versions of the songs of the crusty rock band, The Levelers. They were not, however, 
a fabulous rip-roaring success, but they kept on touring with tenacity. Performing one-night gigs in the most deplorable of pubs and student union drinking dens, across merry old England for diesel and drug money and other items of sustenance. Like scotch eggs and alcoholic drinks. But mainly they kept on the road to avoid the injunctions and writs hurled at them by the management of their heroes. The levelers themselves. On one occasion both Mark Chadwick and Nick Barbridge composed a letter to Captain Spud and Company, pleading with them to desist murdering their tunes in public. Especially their songs, Fight or Flight and Barrel of a Gun. Messrs. Chadwick and Burbridge even had their letter printed in the new Musical Express. But Captain Spud took it to be the best fan letter that any struggling artist could ever receive from such musical geniuses, as those two, far out guys. The rest of the band took note of the supposed fan mail letter's true tone. And a few nights later, after a heavy gig in a pub in Antwich where Spuddy had drank to stupefaction and beyond, Guinness drove the revelers' wagon to Hollyhead and onto a ferry boat bound for Ireland and pastures new. I know, I know. You want to get on with the party. So, I will pause my little talk on the fallen rise of Wicked Whack for now. Hell yes. Open the old panel doors Homer. Here it is then, the ballroom of Wicked Whack Manor. And very impressive it all looks too. And here to greet me is the legendary manager and the media entrepreneur, who paid the vast ransom demand to the nefarious extraterrestrial pirates that had abducted the band members and held them captive for a decade or more, while conducting unearthly experiments upon them. I give you the man who is the managerial force behind Wicked Whack, Mr. Reggio Epstein himself. This is not true, dear listener. The revenant being abducted by aliens in a passing UFO for research and experimentation is all a fiction of your man, Reggie. Mr. O. Epstein used this piece of fakery and make-believe to convince the then Toshis Ender Kenny to give our Reggie and the band members Irish citizenship. The thing some people will do and say to gain an Irish passport is out of this world and this was before Brexit and Theresa May not with Boris and his backing band the Carlos. Anyway, back to the Brian Flubberty show. As I understand it, the actual ballroom is six floors high. As I look up at the ceiling, I can see right through it to the next level and beyond. Yes, it is a mighty impressive structure. Whack! The flooring of each level is made from six-inch thick high tensile see-through perspex sheeting with a myriad of bubbles in the plastic. Each bubble in the perspex floor acts like a lens. You can see right up to the dim roof high above. I hope all party guests are wearing underwear. Ha ha! Camera obscure with knobs on. Oh no I should not have said that. I will be receiving tweets of protest by the bucketful with that comment to be sure. No worry Mr. Flubridi. Whack. Each bubble is out of alignment, and hence out of focus with the bubbles in the floors above. 
It is all discreetly designed and manufactured by Vestal Sisters Incorporated, to be sure. Whack. Anyway, as I was saying, there are six levels. We are in the basement level, which has been named the 60s happening floor. Above that is the 70s discotheque floor, followed by the excessive 80s floor, and above that the nihilistic 90s level, and above that is the new millennial noughties floor. Ah, the noughties. I certainly must pay a visit to that one, to be sure. And at the top crowning it all, is the chill out and backstage hospitality level. Nirvana for the egocentric. Lead me to it. All in good time, whack. As I was saying, Brian, the basement is a converted luxury-sized swimming pool now drained, obviously. Obviously. Otherwise I'd be out of my depth again, Reggie. You are so right right, Mr. Flubridi. Now down the steps onto the renovated swimming pool floor, and let us walk over to the centerpiece. Wow, now that is some big goldfish bowl you have there. Reggie. Yes. It does resemble a marine land display aquarium, does it not? And yes, it is big enough for a school of sea turtles to waddle around in, if there was any water inside. But no, this is not an aquatic tank as you can plainly see. Who are those waxworks inside the tank? They look like Madame Tussauds rejects from the 60s. No. This is a top-of-the-range high-definition holographic stage entertainment stacking system, designed and manufactured by a subsidiary of- Do not tell me. Let me guess Reggie. Vestal Sisters Incorporated? Why? But of course. Also, all the electronica of Wicked Whack Manor, including the Android servants and hospitality stuff are manufactured by Vestal Sisters Incorporated. The other holographic stages are on the ascending decade floors above. All stacked one above the other, each displaying the pop culture of their time. Aha. Just like in the Brown Thomas department store in Dublin really. And a very grand establishment it is, to be sure. As you can see, RTE's broadcaster of the century is a consummate plugger. That remark has almost certainly ensured a good Christmas for the Flubbity family and friends this year. If you say so, Mr. Flubridi, in answer to your earlier inquiry about the Earth Waxworks, this is a digitally enhanced 3D hologram of an early performance of the Rolling Stones playing Get Off My Cloud on top of the Pops, circa 1965. Digital Enhancement Software by Vestal Sisters Incorporated, of course. So, it's a plug fest then, is it? All very realistic to be sure. Yeah, a very young Mick Jagger all life-size. Gyrating his hips and pouting in his big rubber lips before our very eyes. Totally amazing, or what? Mind you. Bill Wyman is looking very old over there, and it's only 1965. Strangely true. What I would not give for an exclusive interview with those bad boys, especially an interview with Brian Jones before he dies. Imagine a future edition of a late, late, 
show one Friday night with the Rolling Stones, complete with all the original band members as they were in the 60s. My ratings at RTE would be stratospheric after a late, late show like that. Stay on the right side of me, whack, and it could all be arranged, kiddo. Vestal Sisters Incorporated could fill every guest slot for the whole of your next series of your little Friday night TV show with important guests from the early 20th century and onwards in time. I hazard a guess that you, Mr. Flubridi, are a fan of JFK. Imagine yourself interviewing John F. Kennedy, the 35th President of the United States, before he is assassinated in Dallas on your little TV chat show. Or, in keeping with the pop culture motif, an exclusive interview with John Lennon, with or without Coco Ono, your choice, before his assassination outside the Dakota building. BJ Sauce. It really would be the late, late show then, to be sure. So, what if I can make all this happen for you, Mr. Flubridi? Whack. Well, for starters, the Director General at Montrose would be my bitch for life. And the blank checks would keep on flowing into my AIB bank accounts. And it goes without saying that I would be eternally grateful to you Reggie and Vestal sisters of course. No Brian. I want you to say it. Mr. Flubridi. Whack. I will be eternally grateful to you and the Vestal sisters organization, Mr. O. Epstein, to be sure. It truly warms the cockles of me old heart to hear you say that, Mr. Flubridi. Whack. Unfortunately, I believe your RTE listeners have also heard you sell your soul to Vestal Sisters. Time for a commercial break, perhaps. So, Brown, some of my backroom boyos at Vestal Sisters have come up with a gadget that will revolutionize the world of celebrity entertainment. My R&D people have really earned their corn this time round. They have invented a brilliant little device that I have named the Personality Projection Drone. When my PPDs are launched on the media market, it will be a license to print money, so help me God. That will put old Dickie Branson's nose out of joint. It will teach him not to try and do one-upmanship concerning company names with me. It will that, to be sure. He is the bloody virgin. If that is not an oxymoron, more, more on the knocks, methinks. But we cannot talk here. Let us take this conversation up to the sixth level. I know a quiet little bar up there called Wackaroodies, where only the top-notch celebs go to for a little drinky or two. If you would care to step into the pneumatic lift, this way, over here, Mr. Flubridi, whack. This sounds all very interesting. I don't mind if I do, Reggie. We will be right back after this commercial break, folks.
Are you in an LGBT relationship? And both you and your beloved are thinking of the possibility of one day having children together? But the irksome bother and cuthuffle of sperm donors and sperm banks, of host mothers and surrogacy fees, and of all other medical ickiness, or even of the tabloid press, test tube baby, shock slash horror headlines, all causing you to seemingly prorog until the grim reaper calls? Fear not. Help is at hand. What LGBT people really, really want is a Vestal Sisters pregnancy kit. A biotech pregnancy product for any couple in a loving relationship contemplating parenthood, irrespective of the prospective parent's gender. Do not just take our word for it. Hear what some of our happy parents have to say. It just takes two DNA swaps to tango. When we received our pregnancy kit from Vestal Sisters, my mother-in-law exclaimed, It looks just like one of those home bread-making machines that were all the rage in the kitchens of Ponzi yuppie couples in the 1980s. But nine months later, Gerald and I had the better of her, when I produced a happy and healthy baby. We told Gerald's mother, that we were going to call our daughter, Cottage Loaf. Mrs. Baker nearly had a heart attack, how we all laugh at that these days at family gatherings. No more conjugal visits to Mountjoy Prison for me. I just very carefully open my dear husband Connor's monthly love letter and gently rub the swab over the sticky gum bit of his envelopes. And Bob's your uncle. Of course, all the child benefit payments come in handy. I now own three of Vestal Sisters' miraculous machines. Vestal Sisters' progeny department are offering all our customers a once-in-a-lifetime gift of a silver-framed, gold-embossed birth certificate every time you use our very clever biotech device. So, for tailored progeny, contact us at www.vestalsisters backslash progeny.ie Pro-life awareness warning Please, propagate the world responsibly that going up in the lift with R.A.G. just then. Oh, that was Brian Flubberty. He is radio, telephys, Aaron's broadcaster of the century. I'm surprised you didn't recognise him. He's all over Montrose like clinging in ivy. There is a rumour galloping around social media that he is an android. Hence his longevity, I suppose. I... An android has never passed his cell by date, is he, Guinness? You have only got to look at our, Reggie, for confirmation of that. And that is probably why Brian Flubbity and Reggie O. Epstein are now bestie mates, too. Should we mingle a tad more Guinness, my love? After all, we are the hostesses of this little shindig. 
our ultra heterosexual band member Crispy is doing enough mingling for a whole male voice choir, never mind a four-piece rock group. Look at him over there with that bevy of Carnaby Street cosplayers. The little vixens will eat him alive before breakfast. My mum used to dress like that, in a micro mini skirt with a see-through blouse and knee-length PVC boots. Mum showed me some old snapshots of herself and her mates taken outside the Wimpy Bar in Leighton Buzzard in the summer of 68. And nine months later, your mum gave birth to a healthy, bouncing baby. As will I, in a few days' time. Yes, folks. The two female members of Wicked Whack are expecting a baby. Due to Reggie O. Epstein's genius at entrepreneurship, in giving the people what they really, really want. What people want is a Vestal Sisters pregnancy kit, a biotech pregnancy product for any LGBT couple in a loving relationship, contemplating parenthood, irrespective of the prospective parent's gender. Cool, blimey. This blood fest is becoming contagious. Oh dear. I hope I'm not turning into a capitalist hyena. Anyway, eat your heart out, Dick Branson. Virgin condoms, bah. Is that really the best you can do? And I was really hoping that Spuddy will put in an appearance before that glorious event actually happens. Oh, don't stress yourself out, Jita Love. It isn't good for our baby. Guinness reaches out and strokes her partner's bum. Comfortingly. You don't want to panic little C3PO in there, do you? After all, it is your bruh who has a penchant for the dramatic entrance, not our baby. I am sure Spuddy is on his way as we speak. He had better be, or the next time I see him, I'll have his testicles for a table tennis tournament. This makes Jesus smile. The two women embrace to kiss as elegantly as Jeter's bump will allow. And then it all starts to go wrong. The alien hack quickly gains control of the top of the range high definition holographic six-stage entertainment stacking sister. On each floor, the holographic display tanks fill up with purple gas. Party guests on all six levels are frozen spellbound. All eyes are fixed on the holographic tanks watching as the purple gas clouds coalesce. From a spark in the centre of each gas cloud grow menacing furnace-hot red and orange burning letters in 3D font. The intensive and searing near-molten flame-lit letters spread out to form the word Twitter Fear. As the blazing word burns vigorously through the purple cloud, Twitter fear is 
fleetingly branded on the retinas of the eyes of every carbon-based life form at the party. Momentarily blinded, shocked, stunned, and gasping for dear life, none of the guests noticed that the branding word has irreversibly entered their very souls. All the party guests recover to see the apparition in the holographic tanks, changing into a purple and grey night vision enhanced scene of a dark and narrow tree-lined country lane interspersed by sections of ageing ivy-covered boundary walls, no more than a mile or so away from wicked Whack Manor. The six holographic video tanks on all floor levels split screen like a colossal rubrics cube. All outer surfaces displaying different live video feeds from a squadron of cloaked camera drones of alien technology. The flying drones split off into two swarms like mercenary wasps. One flight goes to seek out the hover trolley and the other wasps are sent off to swarm around the driverless remote-controlled John Deere tractor, hell-bent on malicious collision. On the basement level of the HD holographic six-stage entertainment stacking system, the swinging 60s floor, Jeter and Guinness are clasped together for support as they stare at one particular video feed of the hover trolley trundling towards near certain disaster. Oh my god, that is Buddy sitting in front with an inane grin on his craggy face, smoking as a gee joint. Yeah, that's your idiot bro, sure enough. And he's stolen a trolley from the supermarket too, the plonker. And who are those two plump trollops sitting behind him in the back seat? A pair of prissies. On board the hover trolley, our travellers are still incredibly oblivious to the oncoming menace of the automated John Deere tractor hurtling towards them. This is mainly due to the hover trolley giving his passengers a very loud rendition of classic adverts from 20th century independent television, with Spuddy joining in with all the jingles he can remember from his youth. For healthy recreation, what a combination. Cadbury's food and nut. Good tune, isn't it? Then, the John Deere breasts a small hook in the Kilbarry Road. Its LED headlamps bathe intense white light onto the slow, oncoming hover trolley purring along the shallow dip in the lane. Captain Spud and the two hitwomen freeze as they are momentarily blinded. Unable to swerve either side of the vengeful diesel-fueled beast due to the confines of the stone boundary Hover trolley tries to rise above it. Now make the announcement. 
oncoming sharp tip of the bayonet's light targeted at himself, shining threateningly in the midlands. Spuddy does his cowardly best to curl up into the tightest embryonic ball he can. No mean feat with all his ball. Snide stands up and starts shooting with her pistol at the windscreen of the tractor behind the But of course, rolls along the dashboard and drops over the side and dives on the hover trolley. The control box of the hover trolley realises that the oncoming agricultural assault weapon on wheels is taller than the hover trolley's aerial limit of the top shelves in the satellite supermarket. Warning. I cannot reach the top shelves. Warning. We are shopping. I am unable to reach the top shelf of consumerism. Slight has removed her right hand from her wrist. She aims her implanted weapon barrel at the all too near front wheels of the John Deere and blasts away at the giant rubber tires with high penetration bullets. Reaching its maximum shelf height, the hover trolley's control box realizes that it is at its program logic limit and is about to call for assistance from a supervisor. When one of the front tires on the tractor explodes from the penetration of a bullet from Slight's arm weapon, the rough road surface rips away chunks of rubber tires. The John Deere lurches over as the front wheel drops and continues revolving on its metal hub. Just then, the bailing spice tip slides under the body of the hover trolley and protrudes ominously towards the cowering Ziggy. The bubble creature mentally broadcasts such a cowardly, accusatory megawatt curse at the universe and all the known laws of physics that even God may have here. Ziggy's profound blasphemy and angled for a revision. Ziggy rises like one of NASA's three-stage Apollo rockets, taking the hover trolley with him. Just as Slight fires off her last bullet into the other front tire of the tractor, and at such close range too. Shards of rubber burst off the wheelbase, righting the angle of the tractor as it travels on both front wheel hubs cutting grooves in the badly maintained road surface. Thus, the bailing spike has dropped height and angle, the tip of which is scraping the tarmac until it hits the edge of one of Cork County Council's infamous potholes 
and dig into the earth below tarmac level with all the hammering force of a John Deere tractor doing 50 along a narrow country lane like the Kilbarry Road. Anchored up to the hilt of the bailing spike, the agricultural vehicle comes to a juggling halt and flips over, crushing the cab and exploding with sheer poetic justice and much conflagration. It is a pity, though, that there is no villain in the tractor to take all the heat. Warning, we are shopping. Scotty, Scotty, I am unable to reach the top shelf of consumerism. Scotty, Scotty. have broken. Let me get you out of here. Oh, hell's teeth. It has all gone wrong. Spuddy and company can't die now. I'll be out of a job. Being suddenly unemployed, I need a consolatory drink or two. So I'm going to pop up to Wackaroody's bar to join the Apres party lock-in session for a mega glass full of Spuddy's favourite drink. A solar flare and drown my Besides, I want to see what all the fuss is about with Reggie's personality projection drones. Also, your man Reggie might take pity on me and get the job. I could do that. You are now entering Wackaroonie's bar. Accept no substitute. Drink aware warning. Always drink responsibly. Drinkaware.ie And here he is, folks. The writer who has just killed off Captain Spud. I haven't killed off Captain Spud. I wouldn't dare. Your man's a counterculture cult hero. 
There would be a galactic-wide uprising if I harmed a single hair on Spuddy's head. Besides, who else is there to defeat his loony lordship, the android overlord, and his evil armies of android henchmen? Are you volunteering to step up to the plate then, crispy old chap? No. Oh no. I am just a humble troubadour that was created by you and only exists in your cuddly yet totally insane and crowded surreal little mind. If you are going to run with that idea, I think that you are in dire need of a drink. Janice, Erm is Joplin. A very large solar flare in a tall glass over here for the writer, if you please miss. Veet Veet. Before he gets another stupid idea like that last one. As the writer gets up over to the bar to see whose Christmas mind is aimed at, he is more than surprised and pleased to recognise the image of a 25-year-old Janice Joplin, dressed in the short skirt and cream-coloured blouse of a cocktail waitress, sauntering over to their booth, followed by a hover tray with a tall glass filled to the brim with the orange glow of a very large solar flare, the nectar of the gods, and Spuddy's favourite tipple, of course. Upon seeing the quizzical expression on the writer's face, Crispy what you are staring at here is a prime example of Vestal Sisters personality projection drones, now projecting a 3D, high-definition, holographic living image of Janice Joplin circa 1967. If you look up above her head, you can see the drone cloud draining down micro-projector particles that keeps her image and movement alive. The Vestal Sisters quantum Wi-Fi system constantly updates Janice Joplin's cloud drone with newfound biographical details, predicting personality stratagems, and social interactions for all foreseen occasions and encounters. They watch Janice and her little cumulus cloud drone return to the bar. She shimmies up onto a bar stool next to an animated, long-haired, bearded man wearing cowboy boots, black leather trousers, and he is bare-chested under his open-zipped leather jacket. Janice kisses him on the cheek. Instantly, a holographic version of a quart bottle of Southern Comfort appears in her hand. She takes the open bottleneck to her lips and leans back at such an obtuse angle that the leather-clad gentleman feels he must support our Janice with his arm around her shoulders. Secure in the knowledge that her companion has her back, Miss Joplin takes a giant gluggin swig into and even a third and fourth from the holographic bottle. She smacks her lips vicariously and shivers visibly as she hands the near severely depleted Southern Comfort bottle over to her animated companion. Her knight errant grips the half-empty bottle with full determination of mind. He lifts it to his lips and tilts back, glugging the distilled liquid like a vampire feasting upon the neck of a giraffe until he has sucked all the amber nectar from the bottle neck. 
C. Projected personalities can also interact with each other. You have just witnessed a young Janis Joplin indulging in a leisurely drink with your man, Jim Morrison. It seems to be more like ghostly visitations than holograms to me. Does Vestal Sisters only do dead people then? No, of course not. That would be vulgar. But the rights issues are more complicated with living celebrities. But, of course being celebs and their raison d'etre, being fame and fortune. So, cough up enough money and anything is possible. In fact, most of them see it as a boost to their divine egos. It goes without saying, really. How can Vestal Sisters Incorporated afford all this? Celebs ain't cheap. Well, most of them are, actually. But you know what I mean, right? Vestal Sisters is run like Jeffrey Bezos runs Amazon, right? Amazon does not have to make a profit as long as the company keeps on expanding and does not implode like a black hole. Then Bob's your universal uncle. Heavens to Betsy. Think of Reggio Epstein as the Big Bang and Vestal Sisters Incorporated as an ever-expanding universe. Don't look at me like that, you bloody hippie. As I say, all this shite comes from your cuddly yet totally insane and crowded surreal little mind. So, if you don't like rampant capitalism in your world, then you only have yourself to blame. Janice, love! Keep the solar flares a-coming, will you, sweetie? Weird Audio Productions Helping to keep the world spinning on its axis